You are listening to the Bark of the Browns podcast with Brandon Wolf and Asa Haslidge. Hey guys, welcome on into the Bark of the Browns podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Wolf, and as always, I have with me Asa Haslidge. Today is a huge game, Asa. The Browns versus the Colts, one of the biggest tests of the Browns' seasons. How are you feeling? Just no stats, no anything. How are you feeling coming into today, coming into today's game? Uh, you know, honestly, I am pretty confident, um, and it's really cool to be confident as a Browns fan going into a game. Um, like you said, though, it's going to be a, it's going to be a real test for these guys going, um, you know, coming and playing these Colts. Uh, we all know that the talk of this team is their defense. Um, but also on the other hand, the talk of us in Cleveland is our offense. So it's definitely going to be like you said, man, a really, really big test for these Browns team for this Browns team. And it's really just a chance. Honestly, um, we did a good job at it in uh, Dallas to really show people who we are, but this is really going to be like, you know, this is a really well put together team and, um, for us to go out there and perform uh, like we did last week would be really good. So it's going to be a real test. And I think, honestly, it'd be a really good thing uh, that we're facing a test like this. Yeah, it is a very good thing that we're facing a test like this. I mean, really, the next two games, we talked about it before the Dallas game. These That three-game stretch right here, the Cowboys, Colts, and the Steelers, is probably the toughest stretch of the season for the Browns. And the one when I look at this game, before I look at stats, before I look at anything else, the one thing I notice is that the Colts defense is way better than the Colts offense. The Colts offense is very reliable when the Colts defense is producing. When they're not producing, then the offense is just downhill. And that's something that we saw in week one. The Colts only loss was to the Jacksonville Jaguars. They lost in week one. And I mean, they, the Jaguars put up 27 points on them. And I mean, that's, that's the most points they've allowed all season. They allowed 11 to the bears, seven to the jets and 11 to the Vikings. So the one thing I notice is that when the Colts defense gets put in a hole and then the offense isn't producing Phillip rivers threw two picks in week one against the Jaguars. So, I mean, the one thing I really want to see the Browns do tomorrow is come out punch the Colts defense in the mouth and then see how it rattles Phillip Rivers in that offense. Yeah. And uh, one thing I kind of do want to touch about um, their defense as a whole, and then also Phillip Rivers um, total touchdowns. The Colts have allowed all season is six, which is, that's a very, very low number. And I mean, we've really reiterated this point so many times in the last couple episodes, uh, you know, the listeners out there will probably know that how, this year the offense for around the league has just exploded. So for the Colts only to give up six total touchdowns is real special. But um, another thing looking at uh, Indianapolis and looking at Phillip rivers, he's not even over the thousand yard mark yet. And I know it's early, you know, it's only four weeks in that the the guys have played uh, most guys, at least most teams have only played four games, but I mean, comparing to a lot of the other star quarterbacks around the league that are well over the thousand yard mark. So that's one thing that kind of surprises me. I mean, we've all known Phillip rivers to be Phillip rivers. You know, you pay attention to football for the past, however many years now. I mean, we know he's a pretty decent quarterback. Uh, You know, a lot of people say he has a spot in the hall of fame. Um, 
So that's one thing that's kind of surprising. And, um, you know, you did really make a good point. I think if we go out and be really aggressive against this defense, and I think we'll notice that one little thing that we can really pick on against the Colts, I think we can just kind of go off of that and just attack one little part of that defense. And I think we'll come out with a really good end result. How many touchdowns did the Browns have last week? Was it seven? I believe we had 49 points. So, mm -hmm. yeah. So, I mean, right there, that's seven touchdowns in one game compared to we're talking about six touchdowns they've allowed all season. That's absolutely ridiculous. So obviously that's a tale of two defenses. You're, you're playing one defense who is the one of the worst in the league. And now you're going to face the number one defense. So that's, I mean, that's a crazy stat in and of itself, but the one person I do kind of want to touch on, and some people may know him, some people may not, his name is Mo Cox. Coming into the season, Jack Doyle was the starting tight end in Indianapolis. He, I mean, he was, he was the guy. I mean, I'm not, I haven't seen the cold depth chart, so I don't know really how it lines up, but as far as numbers go, Mo Cox is averaging 17.6 yards a reception. Like that's insane. That's not just a first down. That's almost two, two first downs basically in one play. Mm -hmm. and, I mean, that's insane. He has 13 targets for 194 yards and two touchdowns. I mean, the guy is phenomenal. I mean, he's, he's really been probably the one bright spot in this Colts offense. And anybody who has watched the Browns all season long, they know that tight ends have burned us. I forget the guy's name that plays for the Bengals, but he was really the lone bright spot in that Bengals offense, the tight end. I I think it's Uzama, I think is his name, if I'm not mistaken. I, I can't remember his name, but again, the two, I mean, Mo Alley Cox has been phenomenal for this team and T.Y. Hilton struggled. You know, I mean, he, he hasn't been the same guy after some of the injuries that he's been through. But another guy to look at is Jonathan Taylor. Uh, the yards per carry is not huge. He's not busting out five to 10 yards a carry. He's only averaging 3.8. And he's averaging 62 and a half yards per game, which, again, isn't anything special. But, again, Jonathan Taylor is one of those guys that he's we knew coming into the season – I mean, obviously we're Ohio state fans. So we knew coming into the season, him playing for Wisconsin, he was a good running back. So even though this offense has yet to produce a high scoring game, I really, I, I still don't want to take any chances. You know, I don't want them to score their most points against us. So. Yeah, absolutely not. And it is really worrying that you have a tight end like that on the Colts and I mean really if you're thinking about it unless you're those one-of-a-kind tight ends you're you're really what kind of routes do tight ends run you run them at your linebackers mostly they're running kind of yeah. short stuff out to the side when you know unfortunately it'll be you know when your corner's in the cover three defense you know he's going deep his uh his hash to sideline he's going to be deep and then you got a tight end running under you that's I mean at least going to be five six yards on there and what have been our weakest points so far in our defense as linebackers so uh, it's definitely going to be something that I'm going to be worried about coming in uh, today um, but it will be interesting to see uh, I think you know once we see it a couple times the Browns defense will do a good job adjusting and then going into halftime 
uh, they're going to be like, guys, come on. Like, we, we got to stop this. Hopefully, it won't come to that point where it's something ridiculous. But um, it is something that we sh- should definitely be paying attention to is, uh, you know, those tight ends coming out and attacking us like that. Yeah. The one thing I do want to touch on as well is that, I mean, you were speaking of linebackers, so it kind of popped in my head. But the Colts star linebacker, Darius Leonard, will not be playing tomorrow. So that is a huge, huge thing to think about when you're looking at this defense, because again, the Colts defense is the number one in the, is number one in the league technically. And to to be missing your star linebacker, your starting linebacker, the best player on your defense is absolutely huge for this Browns team. So hopefully guys like Austin Hooper, Harrison Bryant, David and Joku will be back tomorrow. Hopefully Kevin Stefanski and this offense can kind of take advantage of Darius Leonard being out. Yeah, I mean, I'm glad you brought that up because, you know, seeing it on Twitter that he's uh, not going to be out or not going to be in the game, that actually changed a lot of uh, uh, NFL and analysts' opinions on how this game was going to turn out. Um, that was a tongue twister. Sorry, I had to get that one <laughs> out. But, um, yeah, it, it definitely did change some opinions on how this game's going to turn out. And I mean, um, in the passing game, having our tight ends be such a strong point, and uh, Stefanski loves using those tight ends. So I think that's going to be a thing we'll attack on uh, today in the game, and it, I, it'll give us great results. Honestly, I mean, you're really looking at it at paper. It should give us really great results, and the offense should be really, really good. Uh, it should flow well. Um, you know, attacking those linebackers without their leader out there. You know, um, I, I think that'll be one of the strong points of our offense looking in today. Um, I've been good with predictions so far, so (laughs) we'll see, we'll see how that goes, but you know, as long as we come out with a win, I don't care how we do it. Yeah. I'm, I'm very excited for this game tomorrow. Like you said, at the start of the episode, like I'm really confident and as a Browns fan, that's something to be, it's, it's crazy to think that there can be a confidence come waking up on a Sunday morning, putting on that Browns Jersey, putting on your hat and being like, we could win today we will win today, you know, like not saying that we're going into tomorrow being like, we're going to win, but you know what I'm trying to say? Like this, oh, yeah. it's, it's fun when you have an offense that can produce and, and a, and a star defensive end on the other side of the football, as far as miles Garrett goes, I mean, there was something I saw on ESPN. It was ranking the top linemen. So not just offensive lineman or defensive lineman, but top lineman in the NFL. Number one was Aaron Donald. Number two was Quentin Nelson, who's placed for the Colts. He's obviously on the offensive side of the ball. Number three was TJ Watt. Number four was Khalil Mack. And number five was Miles Garrett. When you see something like that and you see Miles Garrett ranked so low on a list like that, how does that make you feel as a Browns fan? Because I know it pissed me off. Yeah, I mean, that too, and also, that's just a – offensive linemen and defensive linemen are literally – it's black and white, man. Like, right, it's two completely right. different – like, that's just a weird list. You can't rank yeah. an offensive lineman alongside with a defensive lineman, yeah. honestly. But I don't know who thing, created the list, but whoever yeah, did was just, stupid. <laughs> yeah, that's just a kind of a weird list, man. I think they're just trying to get something out there. But – um. <laughs> You know, I would definitely put Miles over TJ Watt for sure. Um, I mean, honestly, I, I got some uh, Steelers fans around me, some haters that are trying to say. Uh, actually, they can't. Uh, I'll give a shout out. My uh, he's a family friend, uh, Tori. Uh, he commented on our uh, our Facebook page saying that okay. 
just agree that uh, t- we should just say TJ Watt is a better player than Miles Garrett. <laughs> but I mean, you no. know, it, it's it's just all in the fun, man. The Brown Steelers yeah. stuff. We know how it goes around here. But um, yeah, I would definitely throw uh, Miles above TJ for sure. Uh, Khalil Mack, though. Um, I mean, I'm really not trying to be, you know, like a, a downer on the Browns, but Khalil Mack is a one-of-a-kind player, man. He definitely he really deserves is. to be at the top of that list, and especially if you can throw around 350-pound guys like it's nothing. <sighs> I mean, I'm sure we all seen the Twitter clip, but Jesus, you can, you can yeah, throw that... a grown man around like that weighing <laughs> 350 pounds. Dude, you're a special player. <laughs> Dude, but um, <laughs> When I saw that clip on Twitter of him just flipping Tristan Wirfs over his shoulder like it was no big deal, I literally was just like, holy crap. <laughs> Yeah, it's I was ridiculous. definitely like, I was letting Twitter loop on that one, man. I was like, wow, let me just yeah. watch that again, dude. <laughs> but yeah, Miles being so low, dude, that's, and it's just a weird list, man. Like, yeah, he's low on the list, but how can you, it's just like, it's like, oh yeah, um, top quarter quarterbacks and d- defensive backs in the league. Like that's just, yeah, right. it's, you know, the position that's supposed to be going against each other. It's yeah. just, you don't compare those two. See, it's, it's for me, like, it's almost obviously this is the same side of the ball, but it it almost makes me just as mad when people compare TJ Watt to Miles Garrett because TJ Watt's a linebacker. He's an outside linebacker. So yeah, I was some, say that too. Like, sometimes he plays up on the line, sometimes he doesn't. Like it, it doesn't it changes from snap to snap, obviously. And and Miles Garrett's strictly a defensive end. So it it's yeah, I don't know. When I saw that list, it kind of made me laugh because it was just weird. Like I literally looked at the list and I was like, wait, Quentin Nelson's a, an offensive player. Why is he on this list? And then I reread. Yeah, it was, it, it was strange. It was probably one of the more strange things I've ever seen ESPN put out. Yeah. That was maybe an intern. They gave the intern <laughs> shot and that's what he came, he came out with. <laughs> I don't know, man. That was, that's, that's yeah. a rough one for sure. But speaking of miles Garrett, obviously we don't have a lot going for us on defense. How big of an impact does somebody like Miles Garrett have to have on tomorrow's game, especially with a, against an offense that has struggled to produce like the Indianapolis Colts? Um, I mean, it's got to be big. Um, I mean, we've seen it against Dallas. I mean, we've seen it all season, really, not just Dallas, but just um, all season so far, how Miles has just been absolutely obliterating offensive line um, across the league. And, um, you know, I, I, he's definitely – our top guy in defense without a question. So you're always going to want your top guy to just perform at his best. And I mean, we shouldn't really be expecting one guy to be performing like, Oh man, we got to have miles Garrett perform this week. And oh man, miles has got to have a really, really good game this week. So you, you just kind of, it's got to be like certain guys have a, have, you know, big games week in and week out. So, and, and plus it's not really about, I'll, I'll be that corny guy that says it. it's not just be, not just about one guy showing out for it's, it's about the defense, you know, performing well as a whole, but um, you're looking at it, um, you know, from a, I don't know, I guess we'll go from like a coach or player aspect here. Absolutely. Miles Garrett needs to get in that line pressure, Phillip rivers, you know, I mean, there's no question about it. Um, I mean, they're the Colts aren't really talked about for their offensive production, so, uh, but we did talk about we're bringing up a guy, Jonathan Taylor, and being Big Ten fans, being Ohio State fans, <laughs> we know a lot about Jonathan Taylor. Yeah. So, I mean, you're, you're just assuming that Jonathan Taylor is probably the number one threat. T.Y. Hilton isn't really performing how T.Y. Hilton used to, you know? Yeah. So, I um, mean, you're really looking at if Miles is back there, 
and getting in Jonathan Taylor's face, I mean, he's he's at least going to force Jonathan Taylor to the outside. And maybe you got a linebacker blitzing or, you know, Denzel or whoever's on the corner throws his receiver trying to block him off. And you're, you're right there for maybe a three yard gain or something. So, I mean, either way, there's no negative with Miles Garrett being you know, behind the line, unless if, you know, the ball's not snapped or something, yeah, but right. it, it, you really, I mean, miles being back there, he just wrecks havoc, you know, pressure in Phillip rivers, throws a bad pass. Boom. There's an easy pick tip the ball, something there's another easy pick. So, you know, he, it's just really crazy to think about. You can't even really, I'm really struggling to find like a specific point. I'm just kind of rambling about Yeah, it. no, you're good. It's just, I mean, it's just like difficult to find like a specific point about Miles. It's just because like, even if he's not getting a sack, even he, even there's if he so much that he's ball, doing. Yeah, right. he he's just back there. It just you know, for team seeing 95 in that bold white or bold orange or brown, whatever color jersey we're in, seeing that number number 95 and that uh, behind the line, it's just gonna wreak havoc on an offense. So, um him being back there like he did against Dallas it's just going to have a really big impact uh for our defense speaking of Miles Garrett again obviously right tackle for the Indianapolis Colts Anthony Costanzo I believe I'm pronouncing that right he's out for tomorrow's game so they're already going to be hurt on that right side of the ball obviously that's the same side of the ball that Miles Garrett plays on so it's going to be interesting to see how they kind of shuffle up the uh offensive line and how they the approach that they bring to Miles Garrett. I mean, they they do have a pretty solid offensive line. Obviously, Quentin Nelson is probably the best offensive lineman in the NFL. Um, I mean, Wyatt Teller's looked pretty solid so far this year, if I oh, could yeah. say so for myself. But I again, th- this this Colts team, even though we've talked about how their offense has not been the greatest. I mean, looking at some of the teams or looking at, I mean, they played the bears. The bears obviously have a solid defense. The Jaguars are not a great team. They, they did allow the Colts to score 20, but I mean, they, they put up 36 against the jets. Yes. I know it's the jets, but they still put up 36 on them and 28 on the Vikings. So even again, even though this team offensively has not looked the most solid, it's, it's still something that I'm still not giving T.Y. Hilton. I'm still covering T.Y. Hilton the same way I would have if he was in his prime. You know, I'm still I'm still yeah. worrying about a guy like Mo Ali Cox. I'm, I'm still worrying about Jonathan Taylor and Phillip Rivers, who's obviously a great leader and a future Hall of Famer. Just looking over T.Y. Hilton's numbers, though, really quick, I, I kind of just saw him for the first time and was like, wow. <laughs> T.Y. Hilton's averaging 40 yards a game. T.Y. Hilton was at one point was looked at as one of the better receivers in the NFL. And I mean, to see him averaging 40 yards a game, he doesn't even have a touchdown this season. I mean, that's, that's, that's a little bit of a struggle. He has double, he has double the amount of uh, targets as Mo Alley Cox and has less yardage than him. Yeah. That's, I mean, <laughs> you're, you're a Colts fan. That That's rough to look at. I mean, right. y- you can't, be targeted that much and not, you know, produce for your team like that. Yeah. And I mean, like you said too, I mean, we're not really, I don't think we're really trying. It might've sounded like we are, but I, I don't think we're really trying to just completely downplay T Y Hilton. But I, I mean, obviously you really got to pay attention to the guy 
because yeah. he can just we've seen it i mean guys first three weeks or first two weeks or whatever ha- had a rough game and then all of a sudden they explode for one game and then the next week i mean I, <laughs> guys on my fantasy team or guys i'm trying to pick up man i look at it and i'm like dude he just exploded for 30 points last week but then yeah. the week before that he had like five so i mean <laughs> joe mixon yeah <laughs> yeah so i mean you really got to pay attention mm-hmm. To T.Y. Hilton. I mean, he's still T.Y. Hilton. I yeah, mean, right. the numbers aren't showing it, but you still got to pay attention to a guy like that. Yeah. So, um, one, and then Miles Garrett is our hot topic. Um, but I, I kind of want to bring in a, a different side of things. So, um, I seen it on Twitter, um, and it was on the certain players' Instagram story. So, Miles Garrett DM'd, uh, you were paid attention to college football oh gosh how many years ago was that maybe six now you'll remember a certain grown man from (laughs) Baylor by the name of Sean Oakman um unfortunately his career got put to a halt by a uh, false rape accusation which uh it's you know a terrible thing to happen to somebody it's a very touchy subject but um, it did. I believe it did officially turn out false. I can't really remember all the details about that. You know, don't really like to pay attention to that stuff. But Miles um, Garrett actually DM'd him on Instagram. I was like, "Hey man, uh, we need some help over on this side or whatever." And uh, Sean Oakland was like, "All right, dude. Like, you know, say less, basically." Yeah. Um. So, just have just kind of thinking about that Sean Oakman being as large as he is. We all remember, I mean, the guy's what six, seven, 300 pure muscle having him on the other side of miles Garrett, man. Just imagine that. What, what kind of impact would those two have on the opposite end of each other? Oh my God. I couldn't even imagine dude. Like I remember when, however many years ago it was, there was a picture of Sean Oakman just standing there. He was just standing there. He didn't have a jersey or a shirt on. He must have been in practice or something like that. And he literally was just standing there. And he was probably the biggest human being I've ever seen in my life. Like, yeah. he's huge. Like, everybody looks at Miles Garrett and they're like, dude, this dude is a beast. He's huge. But, yeah, Sean Oakman's bigger than Miles Garrett. Like, I mean, I mean, at least in his prime he was. So, I did see this. Uh, I mean, it just came out a few, what was it, a few hours ago. And, uh, I mean, I saw it and it, it, it put an, it put a spark in my head, like, holy crap, this could really happen. Like, obviously if you have somebody like Miles Garrett reaching out to a guy like this, it, it, it could be a real possibility. Miles Garrett is the star defensive player. He could kind of have that bug in Andrew Barry's ear, but at the same time, I want to put a flip side on this. I don't know what Miles Garrett knows. I don't know how much Miles Garrett has talked to Andrew Barry, but what does this mean for somebody like Olivier Vernon? Um, I mean, I'm sure it puts a pressure on him. Uh, I mean, we really haven't seen too much of him this season, to be honest. And um, uh, really, ever since we signed him, the expectations we had, like the impact we thought he was going to have, he really hasn't, uh, to yeah. be completely honest. Um, the impact he had in New York compared to – what he's done here so far, it really hasn't been it. So um, I think it's kind of what we did with Baker this year. It's like, Hey man, we're signing uh, Drew Stanton. You know, you better get your head out of your rear end. I think it's one, I think it could just be like a wake up call for that, that 
Um, you know, this, uh, it hasn't really gone public aside from this, um, you know, yeah. just simple two messages. Yo, we can use some help over here, brother. And Sean Oakman, I would love to play by your side. You yeah. know, it just two little messages like that. Nothing serious, obviously, you know, we're not, I mean, maybe tomorrow, uh, you know, today we've been seeing it all over who knows, mm -hmm. um, you know, at the time we're recording this, but, um, throughout the week, maybe after, uh, this Colts game, we might see it. Uh, depending yeah. on the defensive um, impact we have and uh, just kind of get this exactly right. Uh, Sean Oakman is six foot nine, 280 pounds of pure muscle. Holy I mean, crap. I mean, the dude, I, I mean, his six body Six foot nine? Percent, yeah, 280. Jesus Christ. And let me just try and find his body fat percentage. Jesus Christ. How do you, oh my God. Uh, How... Here's. Uh, I know those accusations, obviously. It's a very sad thing to see somebody's career get derailed by. But, geez, if you're this much of – I mean, that's a big boy. Like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. He ain't a big boy. He's a big man. Like, yeah, that geez. is for sure a grown yeah, man. That so, is crazy. Um, yeah, and plus on the other side of that – oh, here it is. 6% body fat on Sean Oakman with a 38-inch vertical, a 40-inch box. Oh, um, during the summer, he did a 40-inch inch box jump while holding 70-pound dumbbells in each hand. Oh, my God. Yeah, like, I, I mean, mean after, I, after I saw – sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. After I saw the, um, the picture on Sean Oakman's uh, Instagram, I kind of went through his profile and obviously saw him lifting and – yeah, the dude hasn't changed. He's still a huge beast. Like he is a monster. Like I I would love to see him wearing brown and orange lining up across from Miles Garrett. Like the guy I I dude, I don't even know what to say about the dude. Obviously, like I I seen him play at Baylor and he was a force to be reckoned with and again, like you said, it sucks that his career was derailed by that and and obviously the, the it, it came to be a false accusation but again i would love to see somebody like andrew barry in the cleveland browns take a chance on a guy like this and and just hope that the guy keeps his head screwed on straight obviously he has he hasn't been in any other issues besides that so again i i, I would just love to see it yeah and i mean it's one thing you know that a guy can be like oh look at me and my cold workout on instagram so i mean you know just, i don't really want to sound you know, like that guy freaking out over some little simple workout like that, that somebody posts. I mean, we did see, it's been a long time, but we did see him produce at Baylor the way he did. I mean, he was definitely <laughs> a guy that you looked at and it's like, oh boy, we got to deal with that. So, I, I mean, he was, he was actually in the XFL this past season. Um, I, I mean, I really, was he? yeah, um, he was, I can't remember what team it was. Um you know, I mean, so for such a short season, no guys really stand it out. I mean, Cardell Jones, for me, stood yeah. out really well in the XFL. Um, so, I mean, we didn't really see too much out of him, to be honest. Um, and, I mean, some of those guys didn't really get a chance to really stand out like we thought. I mean, having a new football league, we thought it was going to, you know, be a little better than it turned out. Um, but, you know, The Rock buying it out, it, it'll come back in 2021. So maybe we'll see some guys like this. But um, you know, maybe Miles would be like, dude, like, <laughs> let's just do it, man. Yeah. Like, I mean, I mean, if he brings negativity to the team or, you know, something happens, just, I mean, 
obviously it's not just a it, it's a more of a bigger deal just we can't just be like oh yes i'm the guy and if not cut him whatever it's not like yeah, we're right. how, like you know however many dollars but yeah i think it, it would be i think he would make a good impact on the team and you know being a guy that's been out of the game of football for you know four years now um he i think i mean you would think at least um i think he would be very blessed and um just very thankful for the opportunity uh to play professional football and be in the nfl the you know the pristine uh football league and uh and sports league in general i mean the nfl gets you know a lot of attention and for him to just be on that stage again uh you know a lot bigger than baylor i think he'll just be very blessed with the opportunity i think he'll work his tail off um and having both him and miles garrett on that side I mean, he'll have one. I'm sure he'll he'll stand out one game, and we'll be like, all right, man, this is a piece to the puzzle. Because yeah. I mean, if you have a front four like that, you know, Sheldon Richardson, Larry Ogunjobi, Sean Oakman, and Miles Garrett, I mean, that yeah. <laughs> that will be scary. I mean, we won't even have to. I it's unrealistic to say, but I'll just kind of jokingly say it right now. We won't even have to worry about our defensive <laughs> got backs, you know, missing picks, going for big hits, giving up. Yeah. 40 points and you know <laughs> they, there won't even be an opportunity for that it's just you know it's a sack every play right yeah right uh yeah. but I, I mean in all realistic uh, like in uh, realistically though like I, I there will be a lot of pressure behind the whatever opposing offensive line oh teams teams will be scared teams will definitely be scared um so going back to what you said about the xfl really quick him playing in the xfl he actually played with former cleveland brown antonio callaway on the los angeles wildcats so i mean obviously that's doesn't have anything to do with the browns anymore but thought it was a cool little stat um i mean hey it connects right yeah right so bringing it all back to uh to or today's game obviously we're recording on saturday night so we're going to say tomorrow, but it's today's game uh, against the Indianapolis Colts. This is going to be a fun one. Obviously, we've talked about it already. The Colts defense, number one. The Browns offense, it's statistically ranked number three in the NFL right now behind the Packers and the Seahawks. It's like an in, um, an immovable object meets an unstoppable force, and it, it's going to kind of just be like which one budges first. And really, I hope that this Browns offense is talented enough, which I know it is, to come out, hit them in the mouth right away, and get that offense, put the pressure on that offense to come out and have to score. I mean, I again, I want Phillip Rivers and the Indianapolis Colts to feel that pressure tomorrow. Oh, yeah. I mean, we got to force it on them. I mean, and it, it's definitely two giants colliding. I mean, we're the featured game this Sunday for a reason, right? Right. Um, I mean, trying to, kind of just going over statistically our offense, we're averaging 31 points a game, 16 touchdowns we've scored all together. Um, our third down efficiency is actually really, really good. This is something <laughs> really, really good to see for a change. We've known how we've we know how we've been on third down. We're actually for, uh, have a 40% efficiency on third down, which is uh, pretty good. Um, and a 33% on fourth down. Um, you really don't like to see us in fourth down situations, but having a 33%, I know it seems low. I mean, the number seems low, but think about it. Going, you, you don't see a lot of teams these days really going for it. It's just, oh yeah, fourth down, punt it, you know, 
here it is. But um, yeah. having a 33% on fourth down is actually a pretty decent number for, uh, you know, just that certain situation. Um, so we, we definitely see the offense statistically wise put up some really good numbers. And uh, it, it's just like we said, again, it's just going to be such a good test for this team. I mean, for both teams in general, even for the Colts defense to really show that, yeah, we are definitely the best defense in the league. I mean, we yeah. can stop a top five offense, you know, it'll be good for them. Also, I'm sure the Colts fans are like, oh, yeah, man, this is going to be real, real exciting. It'd be yeah. a really good game. I mean, both sides were just looking at it as a really good test. Um, so we're just going to see how it plays out. All right. I got another really good stat for you. All season long, the Colts have held every single in every single game combined 308 rushing yards last week the browns had 306 rushing yards in one game oh man <laughs> so again this is that immovable object meets the, meets the unstoppable force it's going to be a fun one you know they they haven't allowed over 77 yards rushing in a single game the browns have obviously done rush for over a hundred yards in every single game since the beginning of the year. And that's including that God awful Ravens game in week one, you know? So again, this is going to be a huge test for this Cleveland Browns offense. We know that the defense isn't solid and we're not asking them to be the best defense in the league. We're just asking them to be a mediocre defense for this game anyways, you know? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I really hope that this Browns rushing attack can come out. Kevin Stefanski can continue to rush the ball with Kareem Hunt and Dearness Johnson. Obviously, we're probably going to feel the absence of Nick Chubb a little bit tomorrow. It'll be the first week we obviously have not had him to start the game. And uh, it's it's just going to be a struggle. But at the same time, there's no doubt in my mind that Kevin Stefanski, Kareem Hunt, and Dearness Johnson can all kind of figure it out. And obviously, this offensive line who's – who is severely, severely underrated, in my opinion. They're all going to figure it out, and they're going to to, to make it work. You know, Dearness Johnson's a great running back. He, I, He's a solid running back. I mean, he has a great story as well. Another guy that came from the XFL, played for the Orlando Apollos. And, uh, again, he he's he's got a great feel-good story. Came in last week in the second half alone, rushed for 95 yards. Again, the guy is fast. And it'd be fun to see him kind of pick up that running back role that Nick Chubb had. And uh, Kareem Hunt can continue to be that great pass catching back that he is. Yeah, I'm really excited to see these young guys step up. I was just going to say that um, about Nick Chubb. It's definitely going to suck not having him out there. We're definitely going to miss him. But I, I think this running back group in a whole has a lot of confidence. I mean, the Dallas Cowboys defense is nowhere near Indianapolis. We know that. But I think they're really carrying some confidence. It's like, man, look what we can do as a group. Like, look at us, this running back room. Look what we did, man. Like, you know, our, our number one guy went down. We all came together and, you know, showed out for him. And, you know, we we made up that, that lost uh, play time out there for Nick Chubb. So I think that room in whole, the running back room for us, is carrying a lot of confidence into this Colts, uh, Colts game. And they're looking at that defense. And we know it's a top defense in the league. And I think they're just looking at each other with that confidence, be like, man, let's do it. You know, we, we know what we can do. We've seen it. We, we can rally together, man. They really put together a really good just half, I mean, just a yeah. second half. 
And it's it's just I think they're looking at each other, man. It's like let's see what we can do in four quarters, dude. You know, yeah. everyone's just really confident. I think in that room. I mean, us as a fan base, we're confident. We're really happy with the team. So just imagine the team itself that's actually doing the stuff. You know, yeah. I mean, they're probably all looking at each other, like, man, this is a test, but let's do it, dude. We got a lot of confidence going in this game, and I think we're really gonna see that the chemistry appears to be up pretty high. So it's definitely going to be really exciting to see what this offense does. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. Looking at the regular season schedule, I mentioned it before. Week one, they give up 27 to the Jaguars. In weeks three, or two, three, and four, I'm sorry, they have not allowed more than 11 points since, I mean, a game, obviously, since mm-hmm. since week one. So I'd love to know that the the adjustments that they made obviously after week one to kind of buckle that defense down. But the one thing I'm really looking at here is if the Jacksonville Jaguars can put up 27 points on the Indianapolis Colts, there's no doubt in my mind that if the Browns come out and punch them in the mouth, like I've been saying the whole podcast, they come out on that first drive and they punch them in the mouth. They do something crazy like they did last week, obviously it's going to stun the Colts and there's no, I mean, the Browns offense, stop me if I'm wrong, but the Browns offense is better than the Vikings, better than the Jets, better than the Bears. Those are the, th- the those are the three offenses that they've played or the three offenses that they've played besides the Jaguars. And I would say that the Browns offense is better than all four of those teams. So I'd really love to see this Browns offense kind of kind of push Indianapolis to the limit and see see what they have. You know, and then bringing that up, it kind of just flicked a light bulb off in my head. Um, You know, this might be a far-fetched idea here, but those teams that you named, really looking at it and where they rank, it's just kind of making me think, like, I think Cleveland could just straight up expose the Colts. Like, look look who they've played, and that's why they're ranked so high. And now, I mean, us being a real offense in the league – I mean, maybe we just straight up expose the calls. Be like, yeah, man, they're not that good. Look at that competition they played. That's the only reason why they're ranked so high. Watch us just torture you real quick. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> if you just kind of dinged an idea in my head. Who knows? That might not be the case. I hope it is. <laughs> I really hope so, too. I mean, we will just have to see how the game goes. <laughs> um, You know, that's just a possibility, man, that we can just straight up expose the Colts for, you know, not really a false ranking, but what would I really call that? I mean, I would call it a false ranking. I mean, yeah. I'm not saying that they are falsely ranked, but if the Browns come out and expose them tomorrow, then that's exactly what it's going to be looked at as. Yeah, it, I mean, it's just a, no competition rank, I guess, because, I mean, e, e, we see it with college teams like, oh, yeah, Ohio State's playing Bowling Green or something. And yeah. then, oh, yeah, the Ohio State is ranked number one in the nation, you know, all around their defense offense. I, I mean, mm-hmm. obviously, you know, Ohio State's going to be ranked that high after playing yeah. Bowling Green or like yeah, right. school from some other, you know, state that is just happy to take the $200,000 for the program to get their butts <laughs> whooped, you know. Right. So maybe it's that's, that's the case, man. The Colts have just been having a warm up you know, like major college programs have with those no-name schools for the first four or five weeks, and then they get in the conference play. Yeah. That, that honestly, in my head now, is a real possibility. The more and more I think about it sitting here, the more it's just like, yeah, the Browns might just expose this defense for being, 
ranked off of no competition. That's that's yeah. how I want to. There we I, go. Ranked off of no competition, not falsely ranked, but <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, again, the Browns have a great opportunity to do that tomorrow. The Bears' offense is in shambles with obviously the changing of quarterbacks. Mitchell Trubisky was the starter to start the season. Nick Foles is now the starter. I'm not even going to explain the Jets because anybody who watches football knows <laughs> knows about their whirlwind of an offense. Um, the Vikings. This is a team that is interesting, but they've offensively struggled all year as well. But the Jaguars, they. They're kind of a subpar offense with uh, Gardner Minshew. We still don't really know what he is, and uh, I mean, they were able to, they were able to hang, hang twenty seven on the Colts. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see what happens. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, like we've just kind of been reiterating, you know, whether I mean, now I kind of am just double uh, double thinking about. Um, my take that I've been uh, going for it, whether, I mean, we just saying it's a really big test, but now that, like I said, that that light off kind of went out off in my head, it's, oh man, maybe it's just an exposed game. You know, um, we are definitely just going to see and just kind of touching on the first point again, I'm just overall, just really, really excited about playing this team um, being the featured game, uh, the 425 game. I think it's just going to give, um, like I kind of said last week after, if we beat the, you know, their big name, the Cowboys carry, we obviously beat them. So we're getting some national attention now and going on and on in our schedule, beating the Colts now having their top ranked defense. And then we go into Pittsburgh, have a really good chance at uh, beating the Steelers. And then we get that attention um, from that. And it just really carries this team and that people are going to look at us again and be like, yeah, man, the Browns are back for sure now you know ignoring the sports illustrated cover that didn't really go over too well for us but really just saying yeah the browns are back man yeah i mean this really is going to be a huge test for the cleveland browns and obviously the indianapolis colts as well we're both three and one the nfl and nfl fans all over the world don't really know who either of these teams are yet the browns offenses look great but Again, it's been four weeks. The The Indianapolis Colts defense has looked great, but again, it's four weeks. So this is going to be a great feel-out game for both teams. One of one of either the Colts offense or the Browns defense is going to have to budge. And I, I would be very, very surprised if this game was a 10-7 to 7 game tomorrow. I think that, in my opinion, I think the Browns are going to come out and they're going to do exactly, again, what I've been saying all podcast is that they're going to come out. They're going to punch him in the mouth. They're going to put pressure on the Colts. They have to score. And I think Phillip Rivers is going to do exactly that. I think he's going to come out and he's going to show everybody that, yes, he is a Hall of Fame quarterback. And yes, he knows what he's doing. But at the same time, I think that I think the Browns win tomorrow. I'm going to put it just like that. I think the Browns win tomorrow. I think that the Browns are going to put pressure on Phillip Rivers to have to throw the ball all over the yard and he doesn't have the same weapons that he's had in the past. He doesn't have Keenan Allen. He doesn't have uh, LaDainian Tomlinson taking it all the way back to when they were in the playoffs, you know? (laughs) So, (laughs) I mean, he doesn't have these guys anymore. So it's going to be a little bit of a struggle. And the one thing, again, we saw in week one was that when there was pressure put on him, he, he tend, he was tending to make mistakes. He threw two interceptions in week one to, probably the worst one of the worst teams in the NFL in the Jacksonville Jaguars so 
again, I'd love to see the Browns just put pressure on him and, uh, and, and see where it takes us. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I really agree. I mean, I, I wouldn't really say it's going to be somewhere like a 10 to seven game. I think it'll be, I mean, it's nothing. I don't think it's going to be anything crazy like the Dallas game. Like, Oh no. Like in the forties range. I mean, I'm thinking maybe like, if anything, it'll be like 27, 21. I mean, yeah. we are, I, I'm confident we can walk out of this game with a win. I mean, it's mm-hmm. definitely going to be like in the twenties range, nothing too crazy, but you know, some big plays here and there. Cause Phillip rivers, like you said, he, I think he's, he's looking at this game. Like, man, I'm going to show these people, like I'm just not just some old fart in the league or something, <laughs> yeah. you know, like I, I still have, you know, my gold jacket waiting for me. And I mean, he's going to be looking at film on guy. Like, like, I mean, I really hate to say it, but like, he's really going to be looking at film at guys like Sendejo dude and be like, yeah, I'm attacking him all game. Yeah, I, right. I mean, you know, you hate to really say it, but you, I mean, looking at how he's performed so far this season, it's, I mean, if I was a quarterback and I seen 23 on the other side of that field, they're like, man, I'm targeting that dude all day long. Day long you know without a doubt and I think he's just looking like all right man these DBs are struggling like there's a lot of guys that are out for the Browns defense that I can really attack on for sure mm-hmm. and I mean I think Phillip Rivers is just going to be throwing the ball all over the place on us um and I mean we're we're just really going to have to hold our own out there um like I kind of said uh, against Dallas last episode when we were previewing that game I'm like guys just got to come together the young guys on the depth chart um and just got to come together and just really um, just come together and hold it down, man. And they definitely against the Colts. I mean, it's not as big as a threat as Dallas, but we seen what happened. We got really comfortable out there and Dak Prescott was like, all right, time to show, show you guys who we really are. You know, this is mm-hmm. why we're ranked the way we are offensively. So I, they cannot get comfortable like they did at all. They got to play yeah. on their toes, full quarters, all 60 minutes yeah. easily. And you know, for I, I really don't want to see Philip Rivers come out and just torch us, but um, it, you know, like I said, the defensive guys just really got to hold their own out there. Yeah, I mean, looking at it, you you talked about Sandejo. Obviously, we talked about Mo Ali Cox, the the great tight end for the Indianapolis Colts, and he's been phenomenal. I expect them to target Mo Ali Cox throughout the whole game. I mean, with with a guy that's averaging over 17 yards a, a reception. He's going to, he's going to see the ball quite a bit. So I'd really love to see a guy, guys like Mac Wilson, Malcolm Smith come out there and tag Mo Alley Cox and, and just, just show this again, this Indianapolis Colts offense who's boss. So one final point before we close out the podcast is that when, I mean, the Indianapolis Colts, they struggle, they had awful loss losses to Paris Campbell and, Gosh, why can't I think of their the other receiver? They, I mean, Paris Campbell was their number two. So obviously, losing him at the beginning of the season was it was it was it hurt it hurt a lot. So when you got have guys out there like Denzel Ward and Money Mitchell, obviously Greedy's not going to be out there again. Which you guys know how I feel about that, but it's it'll be all right. Um, and, and Kevin Johnson making his first appearance of the season at, at the nickel corner, it's going to be huge. It's going to be huge for the Browns corners to come out there and not get thrown around by guys like T.Y. Hilton and and whoever else. Uh, Michael Pittman was the other receiver that they lost. Okay. That's, yeah, that's yeah, who yeah. I was thinking of. So, yeah, it, it's – I mean, they got – I'm not going to be – rude and downplay them but they got some scrubs out there so it's gonna be i don't want to see denzel ward or or money mitch go out there getting burnt 
And I don't think they will because they've both been solid all year long. So, I, I mean, any, any last thoughts before we end the podcast? Uh, yeah. I mean, one guy, I mean, when I was kind of just looking over um, our, our defense, just kind of in the hole and just how we've been performing. Uh, I mean, we've struggled. We talked about um, our linebacker struggles, but um, one thing I really will think uh, I'm going to see, I mean, just looking at the stat lines, you can see what kind of player he is. And um, we did talk about Taki Taki, how he hasn't really been putting the effort or and hasn't been making an impact. Let me say that. Mm. Um, hasn't really been making an impact like we thought, but um, he's a, he has 12 solo tackles on, the own, on his own and uh, assisted on 11. Um, and looking down at this line, he's the only guy on this defense that has double digits in the assist, uh, the assist category. So what I think we're going to see out of uh, Taki Taki, me personally, what I think I'm going to see out of him is just him flying all over the ball. And I mean, you're looking at his, his stat line. He's obviously assisting on 11 tackles, 12 solo. He's just all over the ball. He's just following guys and just being a really good defensive player. Um, just having a lot of orange hats on the ball you know, party on the football, as they said, when I played, when I was on defense, it's just party on the ball all the time. And um, just having Taki Taki be able to just fly around having, you know, we're going to get attacked by this tight end and that receiver and, you know, running those crossing routes for our linebackers, you know, the weak spot and having Taki Taki be able to run around and just kind of gang up on whoever's making the tackle, man. I think it's really, really going to stand out um, on that side. And I think he'll make his impact, his own little impact in the game on that aspect, just assisting guys and just joining the party, man. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I'd love to see Taki Taki get out there and, and just put in the effort. I mean, the one thing you really think about when you, when you watch Taki Taki play is not the effort because the guy is putting in the effort. It's just that he, he's not exactly the guy that we thought he was going to be. He's, he's not the hard hitting linebacker that he, we thought he was going to be. He's, he's a mediocre linebacker. And there are a lot of plays that you look at. I mean, especially with Sandejo, it, it almost feels like he's not putting in the effort with Taki Taki. I know the guy's putting in the effort. I just don't think he's personally the guy that we thought he was coming out of BYU, if that makes any sense. So yeah, it's completely. Um, yeah, I mean, I felt like this was a really great podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed it. And thank you for listening to the Bark of the Browns.